very welcome along. It's the gardening programme for the Autumn Series. Porrick, good morning good to morning, you. Deirdre. Welcome back. It's, it's, it seems like a long time, doesn't it? it do, well, Since, it does uh, and it doesn't. I yeah. suppose, had we had more sunshine perhaps in the True. last eight, nine, whatever many weeks uh, we've been off with gardening, I've had a break, yeah. uh, we might feel that it was a longer period. Well, we are into autumn now. But, um, there certainly. was no doubt about it this morning, anyway. The temperatures, yeah, and, and uh, the greyness this morning is certainly sig- signalling that. And absolutely, the shorter days. Um, and, you know, lots of things are, are happening in the garden. The fruit is, I brought you in some apples actually I, this morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little spoiled here now this morning because he arrived in. There's apples, there's roses. There's, I think is there herbs? Did I see your cuttings? No, no, some cuttings, cuttings there and some yeah, bulbs. And bulbs. And so we're, we've got lots on offer. But I suppose um, the gardens are still bearing some of the summer colour. Oh, they are. And, and it, overall, it actually has been a relatively uh, good growing year. Plants have grown very, very well. Very significant growth this year on, on trees and shrubs and hedging plants and lawns have been growing all the season long. So it's been a, from that perspective, it's certainly been a good growing year. Mm. Certainly uh, listeners that would have planted new trees and shrubs in spring or summer this year have done very well this year. So the growth has been very strong. The summer, the colour really has probably not been as strong as it should be. We need the high levels of sunlight to really bring out the the blooms. But having said that, particularly the cold temperate plants like hydrangeas are doing really well this year. Roses in general are flowering really well. And it's been a great year for fruit. So fruit trees, plum trees. I was actually above in uh, the Phoenix Park on Monday, last Mm. Monday. Beautiful day. Went around the Victorian garden. And uh, the fruit in particular, there's a fantastic crop of plums uh, pears are fruiting extremely well their apples as you can see are are very very heavy mm. um, sh- show of fruit this year and really that's because we've had such a good May May and early June were very warm if we can remember that far back the bees got out there to pollinate and the moisture levels the high level of moisture then over the summer has helped to ripen the fruit blueberries I was actually looking at the blueberry plants this morning yep. and there's a fantastic crop of blueberries they're still very green at the moment I actually took a little snip to show you. So you oh, can see right. it. they're actually... I, I, it's, it's not a plant I've ever really seen growing uh, in its... Yeah, easy you to know, grow. Yeah. Easy to grow, but fruiting extremely well. This and really, I brought that in to show you that they're they're still very green at the moment, yeah. beginning to turn. And this is the time of year to start feeding fruit trees in general to help to ripen the fruit and and swell up the fruit. Particularly blueberries, if you give them an ericaceous feed, a liquid feed at this time of year, it'll help to ripen that fruit. But they're, that's only a, a, a four or five inch uh, yeah, piece of stem. And look one, at the amount two, of fruit. Three, on it. Four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen uh, little. And I mean, now we're talking just a small two inch stem. Yeah. And yeah. And so the, the whole plant is absolutely covered in fruit. And earlier on this year, blackcurrants, gooseberries, um, raspberries, all fruited really, really well. So it's been a great uh, year for the planting of plants, the growing of plants, but also plants that are, are fruiting. Pumpkins, for example, in the Victorian Garden in, in the Phoenix Park, they had a fantastic crop of I, uh, pumpkins. I, I think you had a picture of that on your Facebook I had. page. Yeah, I and, I did, did. And, and it did look great, all right. And the other thing that, that caught my eye was uh, borage in flower, the lovely herb borage. It tastes like cucumbers. It's got mm. that, like, cool, lovely in okay. drinks and that. Yeah. Beautiful blue flower, absolutely covered in bees. And the honeybee was hundreds. I took a little video and actually put it up on my Facebook page and on my Twitter page just to show people. Um, and it's a good time of year for sowing the seed of borage. The other plant that took my eye, which is one I featured before, mm. is um, Phacelia. That was in flower. The green Again, manure. 
the green manure plants. So for listeners that have maybe a, a spare piece of ground, if they're uh, maybe a, a spare piece of area in the garden that mm. they haven't sown something yet and they want to grow a crop to attract insects and bees in particular into the garden, particularly next spring. And that's also a beneficial plant to their garden because mm. it, when you dig it back into it the soil, oil. it adds nutrition and fertiliser to the soil. Facelia is a plant that can be sown at this time of year to flower in spring and summer of next year to attract the honeybees into the garden. Um, and indeed, this is the time of year when you think of nature, Deirdre, the, this year we're seeing lots of fruit on holly, on mountain ash. They're covered in berries at the moment. So nature is sowing its own seed at the moment. So yes. It's ripening, ripening the fruit, it's ripening the seeds on flowering plants and it's beginning to fall to the soil. And this is the time of year in September that if you want to grow some plants from seed, like lupins or delphiniums or wallflowers for next spring, for nuts, double daisies, all of those can be planted from seed, mm. out of doors if you wish, or indoors for planting out later on. So we've got the perfect temperature, as you mentioned 11 to kind of 15 degrees yeah, for like tomorrow. Yeah, te- I suppose temperatures aren't terribly bad no. just yet. Yeah, we're so still in the fairly, the mid to high teens anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, oh, yeah 19 degrees even yeah, today. So there you go. So yeah. it's it's perfect uh, temperatures for the sowing of flower and vegetable seed still, both out of doors and indoors. And it's really to use the time of year, this time of year. The other thing really at the moment is... Um, lawns and I think you have a couple of questions oh, in on yes, lawns. Yes, there are, yep. But certainly the sowing of lawns or the repairing of lawns. So if you're interested in putting in a new lawn, for example, if you've got a new house, you're doing a new extension, you need to get in, hit the grass in and, and kind of get the garden tidied up. September is probably one of the best months, September, early October, mm. for sowing new lawns. And at this time of year, it, the, the key tip is to kill off any vegetation that's there. So if there's any grass or weeds or rubbish in the area you want to sow, clean those off at this time of year, remove those and um, Get in your fertiliser about 10 days, till the soil, put in the fertiliser about 10 days later, so about the middle of September, Mm. and sow the lawn seed. It'll germinate within a four-week period, and you'll have a very good lawn going into autumn of this year. So it's a really good time for the sowing of seed. Or if you've got areas in the lawn that's damaged and that needs to be um, reseeded, again, this is the time of year. It's nature's time for sowing. Autumn has always been that... You know, if you, it just it just makes perfect sense with to me it does yeah. because plants are so are naturally sowing so their, their own, own seed. seed. So that tells you that the temperatures and the the time of year is perfect for putting in new lawns. Wildflower meadows they could go in at this time of year, um, and again, if sown now, they're going to grow during the autumn and winter period, and they'll come into flower in the middle of spring and summer of next year. Bulb planting. Yes, are we already? Should we start? I brought you in some some uh, crocuses. crocuses. I brought you in some hyacinths, which have a fantastic scent. They're great for children, for example. They're the lovely hyacinths. Yeah. Uh, And we always saw talk about bulbs as being foolproof because what you're buying when you're buying a daffodil bulb or a hyacinth bulb or a snowdrop is a three-year-old plant. So it's been grown in Holland for the last three Three years in the ground, um, and it's it's harvested in August. And, and early September and put on sale. So you've got yourself a three-year-old plant ready, a dormant plant, plant. that once you put it into the ground, once it feels the it, moisture in the it's soil, ready for off. it starts to grow. If you were okay. to dig a daffodil up today in your mm. own garden, mm. it'll be a mass of white roots. Right. So they're already starting to grow beneath the soil. soil. So they're triggered into growth this time of year. So this is the time of year to plant winter and spring colour from bulbs. Okay. So snowdrops, um, winter aconites, which flower in December. Uh, Frigillarias, which are beautiful in, in spring and early summer. All the varieties of tulips, daffodils, crocuses. If planted over the next, you've got about six week period to plant them. Yeah. But I always think they're great for children because if you plant them in pots and containers, here's some, for example, some hyacinths planted with tulips. Oh, that's a lovely arrangement. A lovely little yeah. arrangement. And what are, what's on the bottom there? Well, it, 
they, they, they've actually called this the fruitcake mix. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it's a blend of, of different um, colours just to give Oh, a, and a all, the, all those bulbs are in that pack, aren't they? They're all in that pack. And that's kind of, the idea is that you'd plant that up into a container, leave it out of doors for about five to six weeks um, and then bring it indoors. So you bring it indoors about the early November and... Um, It'll come into flower then for Christmas, early spring period. So you, you're getting that lovely scent in the house or in the school yeah. in at Christmas time or early springtime. So you're kind of fooling the bulbs into thinking it's springtime. So plant them now, put them in a, just any old container that's got drainage in it and a good quality compost and literally leave them out of doors on the patio or out in the veg garden somewhere for about a four to six week period. Then bring them indoors. The plants think it's springtime because it's got the, the heat things, yeah. and the light of the indoor and they come into growth and into flower. So you have a nice bit of colour. And a lovely way for children. Like within a, a, a six to kind of 12 week period, those bulbs will be in full bloom. And I think I kind of see why it's called partly, it's not just the colour of uh, the different uh, plants flowers, that yeah. are coming in or the flowers. So we've tulips, hyacinths, uh, Chin, Chinodoxia. Chinodoxia, thank yeah, you very well much. Done. An iris, yeah. which is a little easier yeah. to say. But they, I noticed the planting is at, on layers. On different layers. Yeah. They, yeah. Exactly. In so the you've pot. got. So the bigger bulbs, the hyacinths can go down that a little bit deeper. The tulips can sit above that. And then the Chinodoxia or snowdrops or whatever you want to put in can, can sit at the top. top. And it's a great way to teach children you know, the circle of life and how yeah. plants begin and so on. And so, then, yeah, and you have obviously different heights then and it all kind of works yeah. together. Yeah. And bulbs are, are simple to grow. Plant them in clusters. Always put them in groups of threes, fives, sevens type of thing of the one variety. And you can get, I think I, think I worked it out, you can get about 120 days of flower colour from bulbs if you plant all the different varieties. So starting in winter with the winter aconites right through till April or May mm. with the late flowering uh, tulips, hyacinths, um, and some even the narcissi will flower into into early May. Great stuff. So so that's the type of thing to be doing in the garden. The mm. lawns, they need a bit of attention so we did mention the sowing of new lawns but keep an eye out because it's been a quite a, the a moss, moist... I'd say. Is, exactly. Uh, everyone's going to have a, a kind of a bit of a challenge with that. Well it's starting at the moment. Yeah. So if you go out into your lawn at the moment you'll see the early the start of moss so do my advice is really take control of that now so continue to mow the lawn for the next five to six weeks weekly but do take control of the moss and if you put an application of zero the liquid moss control on now a wet day like today is perfect for getting it on or a dry day it doesn't really matter it will work within a couple of days it will eliminate the moss before it, it starts to become a problem so we always advocate controlling moss at this time of year so through September so we're going to repeat this over the next couple mm. of weeks to remind people because remember the problem last March and April we're inundated with calls huge problems and it's at its worst at that time of year so if you nip it in the bud now no. so my advice really is to continue to mow the grass get on an application of zero now to get rid of any early moss growth. It'll also help to green up the lawn and do apply an autumn lawn feed. So something like the Osmo feed applied now will help to continue the, the rich green colour in the lawn right through Christmas and into spring of next year. It'll also help the lawn to compete with mosses and weeds and things in general. So really the advice is continue mowing the grass certainly for the next six week period. Put on an application of zero now to eliminate the moss and do give your lawns uh, an application of an autumn feed just to give them a little bit of a boost. It won't force the growth. It'll just give them a nice green colour. And for those listeners that want to put in a new lawn, this is the perfect time Sounds to do it. it. Okay, lovely stuff. So kind of general lawn care mm. like that. Um, so I know you have lots of questions. We do. Uh, yep. Um, we're, well, what we'll do is, um, first of all, actually, I do want to give a boil water notice. Um, but yeah, I just look at the rose. We didn't yeah, let me it. mention the roses yes, because yeah, they have been brilliant. That's beautiful rose. It's a lovely variety. This is one called Nostalgia. 
nostalgia. Oh. And it's a two-toned rose. It's a lovely variety. Um, so it's got pink and white in the flower. Mm. Very, very easy to grow. It makes a fantastic cut rose. So it's a lovely variety for cutting and bringing into the home. Um, so it's, uh, it, there, there isn't really a scent from it. Okay. Just try it there. There's maybe very oh, there's a, well, there's small. Well, a, there's a, nice. a hint, a hint of a scent. A hint, yeah. yeah, but it's a beautiful variety. Yeah. It's two toned. So as it opens, the white centre becomes um, more to the fore, more apparent. Yeah. So it's, it's pink very and very pretty. It's a beautiful variety. Yeah. So that's called nostalgia. It's a good time actually for planting roses. So you can continue to plant. But for listeners that have roses, this is the time here to deadhead, take off the old flowers. Give them an, a second application of feed. So put on some rose feed now, and you'll get your roses blooming right up to Christmas. Right. If you continue to deadhead right through the autumn period. So there's at least another 12 weeks of colour, 8 to 12 it's weeks right. of colour from roses. Um, and the same applies with your hanging baskets, window box, and containers. I went out my, this morning, looked at my own containers, and they're quite dry. Oh, Porrick. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing how you just don't think. When we get the cooler temperatures of autumn, we're not thinking okay. about watering. And the fact, I suppose, you know, that we have had such uh, pretty wet weather, we by, by and large. Um, but that really doesn't extend always into pots and things no, like doesn't. that. And I noticed that myself. Uh, there was a, I think, a rhododendron in a pot. And uh, the next thing, I wasn't probably minding it well I'm not great at minding things but uh, the next thing it was very poorly looking and yeah. uh, you know you then I realised okay the water isn't getting into the pot exactly. so I to go and that's the thing you see they're, yeah. they're, so the containers are full of, of roots yeah. at the moment they're yeah. in full flower plants that are flowering use more water and it's very easy just to miss that so just keep an eye on that give your plants a really heavy watering continue to feed them because hanging baskets and containers again will flower up till late October yeah. till we get the really hard frost so you've got at least another six to eight weeks of colour to get from pots and containers if they're looked after if they get too dry they're going to go out of flower very very quickly so just keep an eye on that we can be fooled into thinking they're okay, okay right. but um, plants will dry out within a three to four day, day period, period particularly baskets yeah. window boxes containers um, so keep an eye on that What can I plant on a sloping bank I need something that will cover the ground fully and with colour especially in winter and spring any ideas? Well uh, lots of ideas but probably one of the best plants for winter and spring colour would be uh, the winter heathers, the winter flowering heathers. They're coming, they'll start to flower now very shortly and will flower through till April or early May of next year. Um, look for the varieties, the uh, Erica carnia or Erica darliensis varieties, which are, uh, they're heathers that will grow in any type of soil. So they'll go in lime or acid soil. They're fantastic for covering banks or slopes or beds or in under trees mm. or whatever. Plant them in groups of, of sevens or nines of the same colour. So you'll get varieties like White Perfection, which is a beautiful white variety. Um, Ru- um, Merton Ruby, which is a, a purple, rich purple colour. Um, Kramer's Red, even though the name is called Kramer's Red. It's, it's Again, it's more kind of a purpley colour. But there's lots of different varieties. Mm. Plant them in clusters of the same colour. Intersperse them then with some um, foliage plants. So you could use things like, there's a lovely um, foliage heuchera, a uh, very dark purple heuchera at the moment with really rich plum-like, uh, plum-coloured foliage. And again, it retains the leaf all year round. So you could spot through the heathers some foliage shrubs as well just to give a spot of colour and something a little bit right. different. Yeah. And then underplant those with all the spring bulbs. So again, you can use the dwarf daffodils or snowdrops, crocuses, whatever, to underplant mm-hmm. the heathers as well. So that'll give a very good, it'll cover the slope 
Heathers require very little maintenance once planted and keep them wet for the first year or two until they fill in. And they'll totally cover the bed, mm. uh, covering the soil. So really, this is the time of year to put them in. They will flower this summer, or this winter, I should say, winter and spring. Yeah. And remember, they flower from roughly about the middle of September through until... May of next year, irrespective of the weather. Even if we get snow down on top of the heathers, they'll, they'll, they'll continue to flower. Okay. So they'd be a very good choice. Now, there are other ground-covering plants, but particularly for winter colour, you won't pick these. Right. And for hardiness, I suppose. Well, they are hardy. Erica Carney varieties and Darliensis varieties, and there's lots of different named varieties and colours within those two families of heathers, and they do particularly well in the west of Ireland. They'll tolerate our winters, they'll tolerate our soil conditions, and uh, September's a really good time to plant them. Now, the lawn is looking really good at the moment and need to give it a feed right. to keep its colour. What is good to use now? Well, like I, I yeah. said before the break, look, put on a, my, my advice really is to continue to mow it, put on the zero really to get rid of the moss now, treat that, that's most important, and then put on uh, something like the Osmo feed, which is a slow-release feed. It'll green it without forcing it and give it a nice colour. Or any good quality autumn lawn feed we'll put on now will we'll help to keep the colour in the lawn. Now, my plum trees are full of fruit this summer. Thanks for all your help on this. Right. Want to plant some new plum types. What varieties are good eaters? Well, September is a great time for planting all fruit. So, you know, if it, irrespective of if it, whether it's pears or apples or plums, um, it's a really good planting time. The soil conditions are still warm. So the, the, whatever bit of sunshine we've had over the summer is retained within the soil. So by planting any fruit tree now, it's going to establish itself really well. Two of my favourite varieties of plums would be a variety called opal, which is an early fruiting variety. It's a red, it's the colour of that apple. It's a red, an orangey red, kind of a deep red um, colour, very sweet variety. It generally fruits in July, early August, so it's an early variety. And plant with that a variety called Victoria, which is probably the most common plum, and for good yeah. reasons. It's a re- an old variety, fruits very, very heavily, um, and again, it tends to fruit a little bit later, generally September for Victoria. Uh, Opal would be July, early August. So plant both of those now. They tend to take three to four years Probably, possibly up to five years to come into flower and to come into fruit. So plums take a number of years before they'll settle down to fruiting. Um, but apart from that, they're very, very easy to grow and they're very reliable and both varieties are self-fertile. They'll bear fruit even on their own. Right. So, okay, so right. So yeah, you don't but a really good time for planting fruit trees in general. Okay, so you don't have to worry necessarily about companion planting there no, or anything like no, that. No, no, no. Uh, I have to do, I've dug my early new potatoes and the soil is clear. Right. What natural manure can I add to the soil now? I want to grow spuds again next spring. Right, well, there's a whole range of, of green manures. So you've got red clover, for example, which can be sown at this time of year. Green manures are those that you sow as a crop. You sow the seed onto the soil this time of year they germinate they grow during the autumn winter early spring period and then you dig them back into the soil before you want to plant your your vegetable mm-hmm. crop so you've got things like buckwheat you've got red clover you've got the phacelia that i mentioned uh, at the top of the program all of those three can be sown at this time of year they're they come in large seed packets yeah. hundreds thousands of seeds thousands, in each yeah. packet and um you simply put them onto the soil and let the let nature take its course. And you? you know where that person is um, planting potatoes? Yeah. Are, are, are some more suitable for certain um, varieties of you know yeah. well, vegetables or like some spud related or some... Well, in general, they'll cover the whole spectrum yeah. of, of vegetable plants. They'll add a lot of nutrition. But the one that would be high in nitrogen would be the red clover. Okay. It fixes its own nitrogen. So that would be... And potatoes are a hungry, hungry, hungry crop. Right, so they so need a lot of nitrogen. A lot of nitrogen. 
imagine. So that would be ideal. Red clover would be perfect. So you sow it now, allow it to grow, and then till it back into the soil in early March, yeah. that time of year, before you're going to put the potatoes in. And um, But any of the three, the, buck, the buckwheat is very good as well, and phacelia is an excellent one. I particularly like That's that. That's a bit of an all-rounder, really, it, isn't it? It is, it yeah. is. And it, it um, not only do you get the beneficial uh, manure, but you also get the, the flowers. The colour the, the the is lovely, yeah. yeah. And, and with the other, with the red clover and the buckwheat? It flowers, they, yeah. it flowers as well. Red clover has a nice crimson red flower. It's low-growing. It'll only grow about 8 to 10 inches in height. Okay. Um, the buckwheat, no, it's mainly grown for its foliage, it's yeah, okay. for the leaf colour that you're digging back in. Lovely, lovely. Okay, now, how to take cuttings from roses? Yeah, I, well, uh, and uh, they're in flower now, so okay. what do we do? We do. do. Um, and I think you have a couple more questions there, there yeah. on cuttings. And really, this is the time of year for, for taking cuttings of your favourite plants. So we often talk this time of year about taking cuttings from geraniums um, because this is the time if you mm. want to preserve the plants and have more propagate your own plants, I suppose, for free. This is the time to do it. So I actually brought you in a plant called agaranthemum or mm-hmm. chrysanthemum. Um, and that's the sort of material. This year's growth yeah. that you take. Yeah. If it's flowering, you remove the flowers. You remove any flower buds. Right. And you strip off all the foliage. Now, you can actually make that will little piece will root as well. Nice, so okay. from the one stem, we can make several cuttings if you want. So I'm stripping off the foliage there. Yeah. You get yourself a little bit of rooting powder or rooting liquid. So this oh, is max crop. Li- okay. Take root. It's a liquid. There you yes, go. Yeah. Um, and when you have a little tin like that, it tends to last you years. You'll get yeah. five well, or six years. Well, I know the rooting powder does last does, a fair bit yeah, of life. for a long time. But, uh, okay, so, so that's the, the gel- liquid. Is that, the li- is that a little more effective, do you think, than the rooting um, powder? It's, it's very effective. I've been using that actually all summer and it yeah. is very effective um, and very easy to use and very clean to use. Um, here's actually, I brought you in a plant. I actually showed oh, this on TV3. On, on uh, If people want to play it back, I showed how to take a cutting of a geranium actually um, with Alan on Monday. So yeah. that's up on my Facebook page or on my Twitter page you'll get the, the clip to that <clears throat> but I've, I've also brought this plant with me which is a the same which exactly is the, same. the same so that's the egg so around the right, right. and this is it six weeks later so you can see the massive roots on the plant the plant itself oh, so is that's about, the actual uh, r- 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 that's the result the, of the cutting yeah see the root there look at the bowler roots so, so yeah. that was taken back in July and uh, about the middle of July and six weeks later the plant is so rooted in about a three and flowering period. already it's flowering already yeah. so that'll be a really strong plant going into spring of next year it'll be in full bloom so this is the time of year for taking cuttings of your favourite plants so things like hypericums um, geraniums all your common buddleias roses would be perfect and again when we're taking roses Deirdre we do exactly the same thing right you take remove, the head off it yeah you're taking a cutting roughly about pencil length pencil thickness yeah. you remove all the leaves you remove any flowers flowers or flower buds and you dip the base of the cutting into the rooting powder rooting gel yeah. then you insert the cuttings into say a standard six inch pot Hot. you'll fish maybe 20 cuttings into that a mixture of compost and perlite the two mixed together 50 50 so yeah. a nice gritty mix slip the cuttings in cover them with a polythene bag and within roses will te- generally tend to take about five to six weeks to root the things, plants like geraniums and agaranthums and the softer cuttings, they will take only several weeks, yeah. two to three weeks to root. So the softer the cutting, the quicker it, it will actually root. Um, you can also take hedging plants. So things like laurels and grisolinia and escalonia, they can all be propagated from cuttings at this time of year. It's all softwood. That's what we're looking for. This year's growth. So nothing really hard. Nothing too woody. Yeah. The, the, you know, later on, as we go into October, November, you can take hardwood cuttings, which are longer, uh, thicker, yeah. and more woody but they take the whole winter to, to root so we're really talking at this time of year about what we call softwood cuttings okay. so the, you can see the stem on this plant is very green and same with the rose 
plant are brought in. It's the young growth that you're actually taking as a cutting. As a cutting. So the younger the wood, the softer the wood, the quicker it roots. Okay, because I, I had a go at the old cuttings oh, in you? July, but I'm okay. afraid... What bit, did you try? Uh, roses. All right. But uh, not too successful okay. at all. So try again. So we're going to go again, yeah. <laughs> now, I think again. I might have stripped, I might have taken them, them I mightn't really have given enough of uh, the pencil length, if you like. I probably yeah. had it a bit too small. Um, I just, and sometimes uh, when you take them in July, yeah. sorry, one of the problems can be that they they dry up Actually, that's what I root. was wondering about yeah. at the watering side of it. How wet? How the compost should be moist, but not too wet. Yeah. So ideally, you get regular potting compost mix fifty percent vermiculite or perlite through that. So it's a nice gritty mix. So it's 50-50. 50 yeah. And then when you squeeze the actual compost mix, mm. one drop of water or maybe two drops will actually come out of it. Okay, it's so that you kind don't of, want, yeah, you don't, you want, don't want it sopping. No, but you want it moist. The yeah. And then the idea of putting the polythene bag over the top of the the pot is to conserve the moisture. It saves you having to water the cuttings again. It creates a very um, humid... Yeah, gives it and it adds to the heat. Absolutely, and exactly, right. okay. and it helps to ripen the cuttings. So literally, sitting sit them then in a warm windowsill, and they should root very, very rapidly. I mean, you can see from that one that's only well, that is that's yeah. going on a bit. So that was actually rooted. That I ran them a rooted within a three week okay. period. Um, yeah. you know, so they're that simple. It's a good time to try them. It's a bit of fun trying them, and you you'll find some plants are just easier than others yeah. as well, like yeah. geraniums and chrysanthemums and those plants. Root hebes, for okay. example, root very, very easy. Okay. Heathers root very, very yeah. easy as well. So there's okay. lots of those plants can be tried. Yeah, we'll try the roses again yeah. and see. It's it. a good time of year for you're out kind of cutting back the garden anyway, so why not try a few cuttings as well? Lovely. Uh, now, uh, my hydrangeas are in full bloom, mainly reds and pinks. Are there other colours I can plant now for some more colour and contrast? There are. Um, we were chatting, you were we telling were, me about your well, white yeah, hydrangeas. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I had a shot at the old, uh, uh, putting in a few plants that, anyway this year into a bit of a bed. And yeah. I said I'd go with, I always think those white hydrangeas are just stunning to yeah. look at. So I had a go at that. And uh, yeah, they've, they've grown quite nicely now. They were quite small when I put them in. They were just plants. Um, but I have had some beautiful heads of flowers. I suppose my difficulty is the plant is very small still. The blooms are huge yeah. and they're kind of falling over. Yeah. I did stake one or two of them um, and, and, it's, I, it's and I caught other ones. So just it's to, a particular variety yeah. of, of so it's hydrangea. A, I think it's Arabella. Annabella. Annabella. Annabella, yeah. yeah. That's that, that's one of what, what we call the paniculata varieties, which is, don't get uh, hung up on uh, the yeah, terminology, but <laughs> they, they tend to flower yeah. in their first year. Um, and Annabelle produces, as you know, huge, big, massive flowers. Yeah. Fantastic for cutting, yeah. for cutting and bringing into the home. Um, but they're a variety, those particular hydrangeas, they're a variety that flower on this year's wood. So they're actually trimmed back in the autumn or early winter or early spring yeah. like roses. You actually prune them all, all back, back in one go. Right. Because as it grows, then it produces, and it, as you know, it flowers later. It's just kind of coming yeah, it's only flower. coming in now. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So that's a particularly it's a particularly nice variety, Annabella. It comes in a whole range of different colours and different um, varieties, and it's a relatively easy variety to go. But as you say, in its first year, it tends to put really big flowers and the flop down. Yeah, the plant, and then I thought, oh God, have I plants, done something no, wrong? No, 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 no. They'll, they'll absolutely be useful next year. They'll yeah, double their size. That's what I kind size. of felt. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose for me, it was a bit of a long-term plan rather than just a, a single one for this yeah. year. Uh, although the slugs have had a bit of a party now and uh, kind of, yeah, yeah, but I, I'm trying to that's, that's control that. Yeah. That's the year we're in. Yeah. So Annabelle would be a really good variety if the listener wants to put in a white mm. one. There's another great white variety called Snowball. It's a big pom uh, pom type, type, the yeah. traditional type in in white, and the white varieties you'll find won't change their colour, colour that's, irrespective yeah, of the soil. Yeah. 
Um, the other one that, that you could um, grow, if you want a really deep purple variety, really rich purple, there's one called um, Deep Palace Purple. Oh, yeah, that's It's in good. flower at the moment. It's a really nice variety. Um, so it's bordering on a bluey purple colour. So Deep Palace Purple. Um, that's that's a particularly nice one a good time to plant that at this time of year um, so they're the ones I would go for Annabelle, Snowball or Deep Palace Purple if you want that rich purple great time for planting hydrangeas in general they're still going to flower for at least another four to five maybe six weeks up until we get the really hard frost which is going to be mid to late October at the very least so yeah. um, good time to plant them and um, lots of varieties available all different colours Great stuff. Now, can you say a word, please, about the time and manner of... Oh, well, we, I suppose we did talk about cuttings already. Yeah. Sorry. So, so this is the time. Yeah, really. so this is the time. Yeah. And uh, good luck with the new season. Thank you for that, TF. Uh, now, um, I'm interested in some small apple trees. What rootstock number are the Coronet range on? M27, M9 or M26? Yeah, they're, they're on M9s and M26. You they're, might just explain yeah. that now. for so, people. I know some people will know, others may not. So, for example, the, the, the Coronet are a family of apples. They were actually bred in Kilkenny by I've, I've spoken about um, uh, the uh, the actual do- Dr. Pat Fitzgerald he's hmm. got a, a doctorate in apples and he's grown this range of dwarf apple trees called the coronets they come in a whole range of different varieties um, generally they're all selected to be eating um, and bred for flavour so some of the real old varieties that he's reintroduced and he selects the varieties particularly for flavour. But the interesting thing is that they're grafted onto dwarfing rootstocks. So the rootstock is different to the actual top part of the plant. And by selecting a dwarf rootstock, you help to keep the apple tree uh, compact, very easy to uh, manage. So it only grows, the cornets typically will only grow about six or seven feet in the garden. They're perfect for pots and containers. They still produce full-size apples same as, as a regular tree, but they make a more manageable and more compact variety. So they're perfect in pots and containers, in smaller gardens, or even in larger gardens They do really well. Um, so you can fit a lot more varieties into a smaller piece of, of, of ground and area. And you'll still get 40 or 50 apples per Cornish per cor- tree. tree. Um, so a really good time to plant them. Um, I'd certainly highly recommend them. There's about 10 to 12 varieties in the family of coronets and um, they're giving you a whole spectrum of varieties that will ready to pick from kind of July right through till October, early November. Um, But a good time to plant them. So they're grafted onto dwarfing rootstocks and that just controls their growth. It keeps them small, compact, easy to manage. You're not having to get the stepladder out to pick the apples or to prune the trees. And to be honest, they need very little or or relatively no pruning with the coronet. So they're they're quite a good variety to to plant. Plant, great. And just, you brought in a couple of apples. uh, I I know uh, of an organic variety, is it? Or these are, well, it depends. I was only pulling your leg there. No, well, they are again. (laughs) You were explaining the few brown marks on them. Exactly. That's my excuse for all the brown marks. (laughs) And and, and of course... And I fell for that. Anyway, go on. Apples you you see in the shops are absolutely perfect. I mean, they're polished within an inch of their life. But here's here's some apples straight from the garden. Of course, they've got the odd little blemish and mark and thing. But these are actually from the Coronet family. Um, And there's uh, two varieties of there. That's a variety called Katie, which is an early variety, a smaller apple but a really nice one full of flavour um, and that's uh, Egmont Russet but I brought them in because this is the time of year for picking apples and you know when an apple is ready to pick mm. because when you clasp it in your hand and twist it it'll come away from the, the tree so rather waiting for the, the apples to fall from the tree and get damaged go out and check your apples 
every week to 10 days now and just literally clasp the apple, give it a slight twist and if the apple comes away, it's, it's ready, ready to harvest. Yeah. Now they can be just wrapped up in tissue paper or newspaper paper and stored in boxes, cardboard boxes or timber boxes in a dark, cold area. So ideally um, a spare garage um, some are dark, cold and if they're wrapped separately they will last right through the winter period. Generally speaking the early varieties like Katie should be used first um, the the uh, more uh, mid-season or late-season varieties like Bramley Seedling will generally store all winter long and you can right. use them right through the winter into spring of next year. So um, so this is the time to start harvesting apples because you want to watch if the wasps, if, if the plants get damaged, the wasps are going the wasps to attack them. To, yeah. And as they start to ripen, the, you know, you're going to get yeah. some wasp damage on them. So start to harvest the fruits really, I suppose, is really the, my, my advice. Particularly with the blueberries that I brought you in, it's this the time of year to feed them now with the ericaceous feed to help to ripen the fruit. Pears will take longer. They're generally not ready till about the middle of October, mm. early November. They need a little bit of frost actually to help to ripen them. So leave them alone. Plums certainly should be picked now as well because again, the wasps, are attracted to the high sugars in, in the fruit. So start to pick those as well. So as long as the apple or the plums come away easily in your hand, yeah. they're fit for picking. Quite and they'll ripen anyway. They'll continue to ripen as, as they come they in come store. Yeah, they'll still, the, you know, they'll start to ripen a little bit further. Okay, so you can, if they even if they don't look quite right yet, they'll just give them a little bit yeah. of extra time once they're, yeah, yeah and they'll, yeah. they'll come into their own. Okay, Bramley apples. Somebody has Bramley apple trees planted three years ago. No fruit so far. Not surprised. Not surprised. Oh. Uh, Bramley apples, so that's the Bramley cooking apple that you buy in the shop. The mm. Donegal apple, as I like to call it. Oh, right. Great variety. A real old variety. It goes mm. back, I think, to 18, 1850 or 1860. Um, but... Um, that's not the reason it's not fruiting. <laughs> the reason it's, it's not fruiting is that it's a triploid, which means Bramley seedling does not produce uh, fertile pollen itself. So it's a variety that if you plant it on its own, unless there's a, a neighbouring apple tree or the bees come in and do you a favour, yeah. it will not fruit. It needs a friend. It needs a partner. And it, it it's actually a poor pollinator of other trees because it doesn't produce proper um, fertile pollen. So... When you're planting Bramley seedling in a, an orchard, make sure that you always plant other good varieties, pollinating varieties. So what would I recommend is a variety called James Grieve to plant in there. It's an eating variety, a fantastic pollinator of other uh, apple trees. So put one of those in. Put one of the Katie varieties that I mentioned the top of the programme. It's a very good uh, pollinator as well. So Bramley seedling needs at least two partners Um to produce fruit okay so that's important so get the plant those in and look at it, it will settle down to fruiting it's a quite a vigorous variety as well so give the Bramley seedling plenty of space um, you know to grow because it, it makes quite a, a big a big tree eventually um, so put in James Grieve and put in a variety called Katie and um, they'll all pollinate and flower together and the bees will do what's necessary excellent uh, now I'd like to know if now is the time to cut back um, uh, to cut Sorry, I beg your pardon, I missed the start of that one. Hi folks, welcome back. I have a question in relation to garden plants and shrubs. My plants and shrubbery have grown a lot during the summer months and I'd like to know if now is the time to cut them back and if so, by how much? And as regards hedging, is this the time of the year to trim back a Lalandii hedge, Anthony asks? Yeah, well let's deal with the, the, the trimming back of hedges. Mm. So in hedges in general it can be pruned at this time of year. Now really just to tidy them back rather than prune them anyway severely. So really you're just kind of taking off any excess 
excessive growth, you give them a tidying up. So don't shave them back, but certainly tidy and trim off, even off the hedge, trim off the sides. And um, with Lelandia, be very, very careful that you don't prune them hard, severely because um, they it, it causes brown spots, dead dead portions in the st- in the stems if you cut them too severely. So a light trimming back, top and sides now, maybe taking six to twelve inches of growth from the plant and even it all off. That's a good idea. And indeed laurels, Portuguese laurel, beech, I, I pruned my own beech only a week, ten days ago. Um, so they can all be trimmed at this time of year. And really what you're doing is tidying the plants up for the winter period. It's also, while I mentioned, while I'm thinking of hedging, it's a great time for planting them. So yep. hedges are perfect for planting hedges. In relation to the pruning of shrubs, just be careful that, remember that um, the pruning of shrubs falls into two categories. Spring flowering shrubs like camellias, rhododendrons, azaleas, um, all those plants that flower in kind of February, March, April, they should be pruned immediately after flowering. If you cut them now, you're going to remove the flower buds for next year. So don't prune any spring flowering shrubs. If you want to tidy back, say, a fuchsia or you want to tidy back a hydrangea, then they can be certainly tidied back now, but many of them are still in flower. Mm. So most of the pruning and the tidying up is left until October when the plants have gone out of flower, when you can see what you're cutting back. And by all means, things like Budleas, Hypericum, all the summer flowering shrubs are pruned October, November sort of period. So unless there's a a specific need to prune something back, I would leave the summer flowering shrubs until October, early November. Um, And remember, anything spring flowering, like Forsythii, um, like the flowering red currant, all of those plants that flower in February, March, April, they're pruned immediately the flower fades. So that's kind of, you know, mid-May, okay. early May type of thing. Right. Now, just in relation then specifically to Lalandia, somebody else has got a question. A 25-year-old mature, closely cropped and yep. trimmed every year, dense Lalandia hedge has recently developed a number of very noticeable brown patches, yep. which seem to be dead material similar in appearance to the frost damage of six or seven years ago. What might the cause be and how much? How could further damage be prevented? Well, that's over over cutting. Over cutting. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you shave them back like that, you're dealing with a very vigorous plant and you're, by pruning it back severely every year, you're putting the plant under stress and you get this brown dying back of, mm. of branches, it allows disease in as well, which Lelandia can suffer from, or on, and, and uh, other conifers like Thuias can uh, suffer from. But shaving them severely puts them under stress and you get this dying back of branches. Yeah. And that's really the cause of it. Now, so all that, all that can be done there is prune out the damaged wood yeah. and l- allow the hedge to come back and hopefully sections of it will cover in any any um, bare, bare patches, patches or any dead patches. But Lelandia dislikes being shaved too much. Severely, yeah. Right. 25 years old, it's been cut like that for the last 20 years. And it's, that's. It's, it's, it's kicking back. Yes, you, and you'll see that on, on, on hedges that are severely trimmed like that, particularly vigorous hedges. Yeah. Um, you'll eventually you exhaust the plant and it just. It's kind of battling, 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 and then. It is. Right. Yeah. This is its way of saying. Yeah. It's getting uh, no opportunity to, to, to flourish. To grow out. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like keeping your grass cut, you know, to within an inch of its life or about a centimetre of its life. Eventually it's going to start to to, uh, right. to weaken and, yeah. and die back. That's something my grass has to worry about. <laughs> um, are there such a things as scented tulips? There are, yeah, there are indeed. There's in, within the bulbs, like, you know, we mentioned the hyacinths, which are fantastic for scent. Paper whites are another lovely, they're in the Narcissi flam- family. But there are, there's actually a bulb collection called the scented tulip collection so it's a collection of uh, tulips that have been selected for their scent, scent. and they're lovely for cutting and they're available in garden centres at the moment um, 
plant them now. They'll flower in late March, yeah. early April. So, yeah, good right. time to, to get them in. Um, and uh, somebody got Osmo for killing moss. Does it have to be a dry day to spread it? Well, ideally when you're applying it, when you're actually physically spreading it, because you don't want the rain coming down onto the to, to the spreader uh, that you're applying it. So ideally get a half an hour of dry weather, an hour of dry weather. But rain should always come after the application because you want the Osmo to be washed in uh, to the moss um, for it to become effective. So tomorrow's promise dry from memory. In the morning. In the morning. So tomorrow morning, get it out and you get a shower rain afterwards or the dew at night time will help to wash it in. But this is a good time for putting on the Osmo now to control the moss. And remember the zero. If the moss is bad, you'll find that the zero very effective. Put that on yeah. first, to be honest. And then... It's a liquid. Yeah. You simply spray it on and then put the Osmo on. You get a really good effect. Perfect. Great. Now, Kathleen is in Castlery and she has a flaming forest tree right in front of a window and it's blocking light. It's about five or six foot tall. She's wondering, can she dig it up and replant it or cut it halfway down? Well, you can do both, but right. cutting what's it halfway the, what's down... What's the best option, maybe? <laughs> cutting it halfway down, it's going to regrow again. Yes, you'll be cutting so it all the you time. You will. We'll be answering the question in two years' time. So, um, to be honest, I would move it. A good time to move uh, forest flame and indeed evergreen hedges is late September, early October. So we're actually within a fortnight. Yeah. What you could do actually at the moment is go round the uh, Pieris Forest Flame with the spade and just slice into, keep out about um, two and a half, maybe three feet, out to where the spread of the branches are on the Forest Flame and just put the spade into the ground all the way around. So you're undercutting the root system. Don't dig the plant up, just leave it there for the next two or three weeks. That will, What you're effectively doing is pruning the roots with right. the spade. Yeah. And the roots will will react to that by producing a whole series of new fibrous roots, like cutting the branch of a tree. The roots will start to regrow again, giving you a nice fibrous ball of roots that when you come to lift at the end of September, early October, it'll transplant really well. So you're preparing the tree for post-surgery. You're preparing the plant for, for, for moving it in, in four or five weeks' time. So simply go out with the sharp spade and literally go all the way around the, the, um, the root the of the plant, area, yeah. just slicing it down, not lifting the plant out of the ground, simply putting the spade in around the root structure, yeah. out to the spread of the branches, and then re- that's going to prepare it for moving in four weeks' time. Okay. But pre- forest flame do transplant well, yeah, as long as you get a good root ball with ball. them. Remember that they're an ericaceous plant. They like lime-free soil. So add some ericaceous compost when planting an ericaceous fertilizer when planting them in the, in the new location. Great. Um, just we're going to just stay with 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 uh, pruning and transplanting for yeah. a second. Um, when is the best time to prune a blueberry plant or shrub? Okay. Well, once you pick the fruit from blueberries, mm. which will generally be about the end of September, early October, you can do some pruning then, or you can prune in early spring. So once the fruit is taken off the plant, you know, as you can see with that yeah. one, once the lead, the fruit is taken, you can you prune can them prune. back, and you can shorten them back by six or. Uh, 10 inches. Sometimes they have leggy branches, branches that are shooting back. Now, if there are branches there without fruit on them yeah. at the moment, they can be shortened back and tidied up. All right. Certainly. Yeah. But wait yeah. until you take the, this year's crop and then give them a trimming back. back. And uh, somebody has uh, some fruit bushes, so there's raspberry, red currant, black currant, and they'd like to relocate the bed. Can they do it now? They can do it once the leaves go off the plants, right. which is going to be 
you know, mid-October um, at the earliest. So wait until we get into really cold, frosty type weather. And then you can move those plants anytime during the winter period. Um, the other thing you can do with them is at that time of year is take some cuttings as well and they'll propagate, particularly if they're older plants. Right. It might be a good idea, rather than moving the older plants, to actually take some fre- cuttings from those or get yourself some fresh young plants and start the fruit bed off again. But if you are moving plants, you wait until the dormant season, which is the middle of October. Um, so wait till the leaves are nearly fallen off the plant, dig them up then and move them, transplant them. And you can also stay, take cuttings at that time of year from them. Okay, just one or two more, I'm afraid, before we have to finish up. Is it time to dig out early potatoes and put them into sacks? Oh, absolutely. I mean, early potatoes, you're, you're norm, normally di- digging them at the beginning of August, but certainly, you know, varieties like Red Duke of York or British Queens, yes, we're, we're eating those at the moment. So dig them out of the soil. Generally, with the first earlies and second earlies, you tend to use them up fairly quickly. So use them up over the, over the next couple of weeks. The main thing is to keep them out of sunlight. Because as you know, if the potatoes get the sunlight, they become poisonous. So you need to dig them up, clean them off, put them into um, Hessian sacks or uh, boxes and exclude the light, cover them over. Um, So a dark, cool area will store them really well. Use the early varieties, the main crop varieties like records, cursed pinks, um, roosters, they store better over the winter period. Now, a listener had a problem with carrots that they sowed this year, both in the tunnel and in the garden outside. They didn't come up. The listener reseeded them as well, but no joy. Would there be some bug in the ground or what should they do? Now, they used compost as well as clay. Sorry, hang on now. (laughs) And they've also had some cabbage. Again, didn't come. They'd like to put in some winter seeds and they're wondering what should they do? Well, look, at. I mean, you could check the soil just to make sure that there's nothing like. I mean, the soil-borne pests like uh, leather jackets, like chafter grubs, like vine weevil, can attack young seedlings mm. and can, uh, you know, they can damage them. But having said that, carrots can be fussy enough. They can be temperatures, um, the temperature sensitive is the word I'm looking for. A very good variety to try this time of year in the carrot family is one called Eskimo. 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 It's a winter variety. If you sow it now, mm. it'll germinate, it'll grow during the winter period and be ready for harvesting in May of next year. Um, perfect for the tunnel ideal for the tunnel so my advice really would be to re-sow the seed again I use that trick with the when you're sowing the, to mix the compost sow the seed into the compost so when you're opening up the drill put a layer of compost into the drill sow the carrot seed close it over water it really well um, and it probably needs to be watered in another 10 days to 2 weeks to keep it moist perfect temperature at the moment for germinating so I would I would try it again it's unlikely that there's a soil pest that will eat all the seedlings um, in terms of the cabbage varieties yeah there's a very good one to sow now called Advantage, Advantage F1. It's an F1 variety. Right. I happen to have a pack with me. Okay, <laughs> there <just> you go. <laughs> um, sow that now. It produces beautiful spring cabbage, uh, cone shape, heart Oh, yeah, shape it looks lovely. Brilliant if you've I got a, a tunnel and greenhouse because it'll grow all winter and you'll, you'll pick it at, as greens without forming the head in February. Yes. And then as heads from March, from March. April, May okay. onwards. So that's a really good variety. Another excellent variety is one called Mini Coal. Okay. Again, it's an F1 variety. It's more a solid, rounded head. Um, nice, small heads. Perfect for tunnels okay. and greenhouses. We're going to have to leave it there, Porik. I'm afraid time is against us. Uh, Go on to my Facebook page, Porik Horkin, or twi- you can tweet, Twitter me, on at Porik Horkin. And I've got quite a number of the uh, 
points and hints and tips that we covered today up on the oh, programme. Excellent. Okay. And we're back again next Saturday, nine. just after nine. We'll so again. we'll do it all over again then. Thanks indeed for uh, all your company over the last uh, couple of hours. Stand by. Michael Neary is on the way after the news at 10. Until next Saturday, just after seven. Good morning to you.